Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 192 of the Speaking Club podcast. Now, I've discovered a new TV show. I realise I might be a little bit late to the party on this one because it's already won awards. But anywho, it's called Ted Lasso and I think it's great. Now, the reason I'm sharing about it with you is that the show's protagonist, Ted, uses some fabulous metaphors, stories and analogies to coach his football team. And a lot of them are incredibly funny as well as being effective in shifting the perspective of his players. This means that when you watch the show, you'll also be helping your speaking. So today I thought I'd open my show with a lasso classic that is relevant for anyone looking to become a great speaker. Taking on a challenge is a lot like riding a horse. If you're comfortable while you're doing it, you're probably doing it wrong. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So... If you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey, well, hello there. Doesn't time fly? Halloween is almost upon us. Soon the festive season will be in full swing and then we'll be heading full speed ahead to 2022. Oh, my word. If you're listening to this show, then it's likely speaking will be featuring in your business or career growth plan for next year. And I'm looking forward to helping you nail your message and grow your speaking skills so that you are going to be ready to rock when the new year rolls around. Okay, let's talk about today's show, which is a little bit different. Now, I love podcasts and they are brilliant for learning. But today I want to add a visual element to the show so that you can see my teaching points in action. Now, Every month as a part of my regular newsletter that I send to the people on my email list, I do a talk spotlight. I share a link to a video of a short talk and give my analysis on what is good or could be done differently to increase audience impact and engagement. And in this show, I'm sharing five of these talks my take on their structure, content and delivery and some of the coaching points I'd have given to the speakers if they'd have been working with me. I'm hoping that it helps cement some of the tips and coaching I've given you in past episodes by bringing them to life for you in the video of these people's talks. Now, you can either listen through the whole episode first and then go back and watch the talks or you can listen to the analysis and then pause and watch each talk. And this is possibly one episode of the show that you could enjoy a little bit each day at coffee time. I don't know, just a suggestion. And, oh my goodness, I've also got a bonus gift for you, which I'll tell you about at the end. And the final thing to mention is that these talks also have some great ideas and messages, and I'm sure you're going to learn some extra stuff from them too. So, let's kick off with the first one. This is a talk by model Cameron Russell called Looks Aren't Everything. Believe me, I'm a model. Cameron is a successful model and she's got a bunch of degrees to go with it. 
but she's now using her success as a platform to challenge sexual harassment in the fashion industry, as well as campaigning for social justice and the environment. And in a nutshell, this talk is about how being beautiful is all about luck. And she wants to set the record straight about what is really important. And there are three things that I want you particularly to notice about this talk when you watch it through. First is the opening. Now, this is a fantastic example of what I call a lightning bolt opening. It's unexpected. It's slightly awkward, but it's completely aligned with the message and the audience are totally not looking at their phones and they are leaning in. The second thing is her delivery. Now, obviously, she has spent a lot of time preparing and rehearsing this talk and she is natural and authentic. And also really important point here, she still uses filler words. But as you'll see, they're not noticeable. They don't distract from her message. She's not worried about sounding like a robot. She's focused on landing her message and connecting with the audience. The third thing I want you to notice is her slides. Now, I'm working with a few people on webinars in the Speaking Club Live at the moment. And we've been focusing on getting the slides to visually complement their talks, not dominate them, just to complement them. And I think this is something Cameron does really well. And remember, is a teaching point. When you're speaking live on stage, slides are not a necessity. But when you're doing a talk online or a webinar, I think they really help to keep the audience visually engaged and on track. So this is where you can pause now, go and watch Cameron's talk. Uh, and the links are in the show notes for all of these. Or you can crack on and come back and watch it later. Okay, the next talk is fundamentally about a guy that wanted to fast track his career by buying a book that revealed the success secrets of some of the biggest names in business and beyond. But he couldn't find one. There was no book. And so he decided to write it himself. But the trouble was, he was only 18 with limited resources. So how would he get access to all these powerful people? The name of the guy was Alex Benayan. And I've analysed a seven-minute ex extract from his talk called How to Achieve Your Biggest Dreams. And here are the things that I want you to notice about this talk. The opening. And actually, I think it's okay, but it could be stronger. And here's why. He doesn't, in my opinion, really use a lightning bolt opening to get people leaning in. And if I was coaching him, I'd get him to open with a more powerful statement or question that's provocative, but is relevant to his story. And it gets people in the audience saying, wait, what? Maybe he could have done something along the lines of, how do you think your life would have been different if you discovered the secret to success at 18 years old from the likes of, and then the big names. Then he'd pause to let the audience consider it and then come in with, well, I did, but let me start at the beginning. Okay, so the other thing about the start of his talk is a little bit of nerves show through. He gestures a lot for the first minute of his talk. Now, I'm all for gestures and being natural, but remember, if things are a potential distraction, 
then it then it is a bit of an issue. And here there may be a potential distraction to the message. So I would work with him just to tone those down a little bit. And I'd choreograph his opening if I was working with Alex to make his hand gestures more intentional so that they add impact rather than take it away. So another thing I want you to notice is his humour. I love that he has humour in his talk, although I think he did miss a few more opportunities that I would have loved him to have taken to add it in. Um, One of my favourite jokes he did was 1 minute 52 to 2 minutes and 7, and it relates to his mum. And it's a great example of the comedy rule of three. If you don't know about that, you can find out more by listening to episode 28 of The Speaking Club, or of course, grabbing a copy of my book, Cracking Speech Mate. You can get that at Amazon Uh, or there's a link in the show notes to the actual paperback. So look at those humour, look how he used them, really good example. And then I liked his origin story and uh, his talk brings in a little bit of that. And I want you to understand the power of your origin story for connecting with your audience and growing your business. It's likely to be the most valuable asset you ever create when done well and it will be the staple of your signature talk, just like in this one, he talks about it here. And this this is not about your achievements, though. Well, not obviously. It's more about your dreams and struggles to get there. And if you can nail your origin story, you can use it over and over again for talks of different lengths, with different angles, but always leading people to that aha moment about your thing. Okay, pause now if you want to go and check out Alex's talk. Up next is a talk from a chap called Adam Leipzig. Now, Adam is the CEO of Entertainment Media Partners. He's an American film and theatre producer and executive as well as an author. And he worked for Disney before and he supervised such films as Dead Poet Society, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And since then, he's also produced some fantastic films, Titus, The Way Back and A Plastic Ocean. And Adam's talk is called how to know your life purpose in five minutes, although it is 10 minutes long. So I just need to say that. Um, You can know your purpose in five minutes, but the talk is 10 minutes. And here's my thoughts on that and what I want you to notice. Okay, the opening. Now, he holds the silence for nearly eight seconds before he starts talking. And this not only gives him a chance to gather his thoughts but it makes that audience lean in and gives him authority. And that silence is the lightning bolt here. And he goes straight into a story. No exposition, just begins setting the scene with a few details that transport you there. His hands are mostly still, and that's a big contrast with Alex Benayan's talk that we just looked at. And his first real gesture is when he emphasises that people moving from the tent. You'll have to watch the story to see what that means. Okay, next thing to notice is his voice. I love the way he varies the pace, the tone and the volume. His voice isn't loud or brash. It sounds completely natural, like you and he are the only people in the room. But it's still audible and it's still clear. Third thing I want you to notice is his audience interaction. And... This is for me where things fall down a little bit around the three minute mark and where I would have coached him to do things a bit differently. He's working with the audience and he's asking them the five questions to discover their life purpose. 
but the power and impact of his message is getting lost because you can't hear what anyone says. And I think he would have been better either to work with one person in the audience or use some examples that he'd gathered previously and share those on some slides. For me, it goes from a great talk to a bit of a shambles and then back to him being in control from, for the end. Pause now if you want to go straight to look at Adam's talk. And the message is great here as well. And there's some useful pitch tips in here too. Okay, next one up is a TEDx talk from Tim Box, who's actually been a guest on the show. Episode 177, if you haven't listened to it and you want to catch up on that one. And Tim's big idea in this talk is that anxiety shouldn't be treated as a disorder. And he manages to get across something contentious and complex in a funny, sensitive and really engaging way. His talk is called Stop Feeling Anxious About Anxiety. Uh, it it's about 18 minutes long. And here's what I want you to notice when you watch it. First of all, his use of humour is great as well. He opens with a statement that seems to contradict the title of his talk, which is attention grabbing and follows it with a joke that illustrates that rule of three technique for adding humour really well. He does two reasonably serious things and then a third funny thing that fits the context but breaks the pattern of the serious things. And this particular rule of three uh, joke is known as big, big, small. In these opening few sentences, he shows the audience vulnerability and personality which will make them warm to him. And later on, he also makes another great joke about the type of people who don't feel anxiety. And this also really hits home the big idea of his message that anxiety is a completely normal emotion. Okay, number two, the thing I want you to notice is his big focus on audience engagement. So Tim begins to tell his origin story, but you'll notice that he doesn't tell the full story all at once. He leaves a gap and that gap keeps the audience engaged. He comes back to finish it off and answer our question, which is, I wonder how he overcame his anxiety. And he does that at 12.29 uh, in the video. He uses a lot of metaphors and a fantastic analogy of the ship to make something simple and relatable that is quite complex. And thirdly, his delivery. I love the way his delivery also feels completely natural. And yet he also gets across the big moments of his talk using voice variation. You can tell the difference between the light and the dark moments by the way he switches up his pitch, his pace, his tone and his volume. Besides being a great talk example, it's definitely provocative. But the way it's delivered gets the balance right and I think will give a lot of people relief when they watch it. Okay, pause now if you want to watch this talk. Okay, the final spotlight is a bit different. It's a classic compare and contrast scenario. I'm sharing a couple of talks here about the same topic, but done very differently. They're both around 10 minutes long, and they both also have interactive elements to them. The first talk is breath, 
Five Minutes Can Change Your Life by Stacey Schuerman. And the second is How to Breathe by Belissa Vranich. Stacey is a yoga studio owner and teacher. And Belissa is a clinical psychologist, author and leading expert in mental health and fitness. And when you watch these two talks, these are the things that I want you to notice between them. First of all, the contrast in openings. For me, Stacey's opening isn't as strong. She talks about how our senses are bombarded, but I don't feel it grabs attention as well as it could. If I was coaching her, I'd get her to think about how she could make this opening more shocking so that people were compelled to hear what came next. Are you seeing a theme here about the opening? And that could that opening could have been a powerful statistic or even she could have asked the question that she follows the first bit with, but in a more powerful way. For example, what if there was a tool that in five minutes could instantly wipe away stress, overwhelm and re-energize your body? Now, in Belissa's talk, she takes control at the start and gets the audience to take a deep breath and then shows them why they're doing it all wrong and what the potential impact of that is. A different opening and, it, and I think it will get people leaning in much better. Okay, the second thing I want you to notice is how these two both create the burning platform and proactively deal with objections. So Stacy begins to make the case, but she's relying on the experience the audience is having with her breathing demonstration to influence and convince them to make a change. Whereas Belissa uses her own origin story, other anecdotes, research and case studies to influence and convince her audience that unless they make a change, they may well be shortening their lives or heading into health issues. And when the camera cuts to the audience in this talk, you can see the people are attentive and leaning in. I think both of them did a great job in addressing potential objections. And you can tell this is what they're doing when they both say, I know what you're thinking. Because this is the thing, you've got to be inside your audience head. If you raise, if what you say raises a question in their minds, you need to address that question. If what you say you know is going to raise a potential objection, proactively deal with that. You can't leave questions or objections unanswered. You need to wrap those up. And in their own ways, both of these women went on and dismantled the objections the audience had. And the third thing is the delivery. This might be just me. But one of the things that I noticed about Stacy was that she had no shoes on. And that's fine. I would have coached her to acknowledge that and incorporate it into her talk in some way. Because I'm pretty confident a number of people in the audience would probably be getting distracted thinking, I wonder why she's not wearing shoes. Maybe it's making her feel comfortable or maybe it's some connection with the earth or something. But whatever they were thinking at that point... They were disconnected from Stacey and we want to avoid that. Okay, and I love the way Belissa was owning the stage and her passion came through her body language and her words. And if there was one thing that I would have coached her on, it was just to remain still at points because that's powerful. She was wandering a little and again, this can be distracting when it's not intentional. Personally, between the two, I felt Belissa's talk was more powerful 
because by the end of it, I felt she really demonstrated her authority in a way that was natural and compelling. And despite packing a lot in, it was all relatable and she managed to get a demo in too. Whereas I felt Stacey's talk didn't make the strong enough case for change. And at times in the demo, she used terminology that may not have been familiar to her audience, like internal vision. Again, this might well have distracted them from the exercise she was taking them through. Anyway, that's just my two penneth. Have a look at them yourself and see what you think. Well, there you go. Um, do go and watch the talks and see these teaching points in action. And I think the key message from me this week is that each of these people are unique and there isn't one best way to do a talk. Sure, I've got a structure and a system that I teach and those have all the key ingredients in them to inspire, engage and motivate an audience. But each talk, each speaker and each audience is unique. So sometimes when I'm working with people, we shift things around so that everything is still in there, but it fits for that person, that message and that audience. Now, I haven't got specific takeaways for you today because there are so many. But what I have got for you is a special gift. I've put together my analysis of these talks and another five with links into a downloadable PDF so that you can have everything you need in front of you to get the most out of this episode and uh, those other talks and a space to make your own notes on each one. I think it will be a great tool for you to keep and refer back to in the future when you're putting your own talks together. And you can go and grab that gift over at saraharcher.co.uk slash spotlight. All one word, saraharcher.co.uk slash spotlight. And I hope you get a lot out of it. Okay, there you go. So do let me know if you found this episode useful. And if so, I might do another one in the future. Well, that's it from me. Thank you as ever for listening, for choosing the Speaking Club podcast and letting me into your ears. And as usual, if you enjoy the show and you get value from it, I would absolutely be chuffed a bit if you could take a couple of minutes to leave a rating or review if you haven't already done so. An honest one as well. It's important that they're honest at ratethispodcast.com slash T-S-C. And finally, you know what I'm going to say. Go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. Getting to practice your speaking in front of an audience is a crucial part of testing your message and developing your skills and experience as a speaker. Yet opportunities to do this in the right environment can be hard to find. Add in the chance to get expert feedback and coaching on your content structure and delivery and the opportunities are even fewer. But that's what you'll get as a member of the Speaking Club Live. Each week we'll be focusing on a different aspect of business speaking, from pitching to presenting to videos and lives. There'll be hot speak slots and you'll get the chance to practice sharing your message, your storytelling, your humour and all the different aspects of speaking in front of me and other members. Then you'll get feedback and coaching from me and your peers so that you're moving forward on your speaking journey with accountability and support. 
If you'd like to find out more about how you can become a member of the Speaking Club Live so that you can build your confidence, improve your delivery and become a better speaker, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash club now.